Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first let's hear from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Final Forms, the industry leader in forms and registration. But you have to know this, Final Forms is more than just forms. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and it provides schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms helps your stakeholders with mobile accessibility and has reminders for parents about policies, physicals, and all the forms that go with athletics. Final Forms can help with team communication and attendance and even certification management for coaches. And for ADs, Final Forms can help with all the forms that come across your desk, things like eligibility and rosters. And it does this with secure language translation and ADA compliance. It's time for you to talk with a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps and find out what Final Forms can do for you, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with Final Forms. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year while creating the ultimate game day experience for your athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or call 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see these fantastic products in person. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. We also want to thank Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. They're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles and an extensive library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com or call them at 614-981-3589. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. We also, <clears throat> we also want to thank Huddle at Huddle We Power Sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to elevate the performance of their teams using video and analytics. Huddle's the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. There's always been analytics, but there's a whole lot more. Huddle's also built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high schools and colleges. And even the pros use Huddle to help their teams play at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes, a lot of their parents, and the coaches of the teams you're trying to get to recruit your kids. If you want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. We also want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment of the podcast. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way 
for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you with the 95% of the parents and the student athletes that really love your program. And it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials. And then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466. Or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started. If you've never used a survey to connect with your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. And we also want to thank Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your school by going to hometownticketing.com. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We are going international today, and we're visiting with Todd Parham. Todd's a certified Master Athletic Administrator, and he's the Director of Activities and Athletics at the American Community School of Amman, Jordan. So, Todd Parham, welcome to the podcast. Welcome. Thanks for having me, Jake. I'm, I'm excited to be here. Well, uh, we appreciate you, um, um, you know, juggling schedules, uh, literally on the other side of the world, uh, you know, different time zones and things, but, uh, we're excited to hear what's going on in, in your corner. Usually we say of the country, your corner of the world. Uh, but let's, uh, go ahead and get started. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So give us that five minute bio, uh, where you were born, where you grew up and, uh, maybe how your path has led you all the way to Amman, Jordan. All right. Well, I'll give you the uh, five minute elevator speech here. Um, you know, I, I was born and raised in Northern California, seventh generation, my hometown, Placerville, California, shout out to Placerville, uh, left, uh, left there when I was 18, started going to university, um, I was down at uh, Sac City Junior College, did that for a couple of years and transferred out to Bismarck, North Dakota. Uh, I was a wrestler and uh, wrestled there for three more years. Amazing experience um, living in a different part of the world. Uh, and from that, I kind of got the bug. I uh, got a teaching degree and was coaching, teaching elementary PE, coaching middle school wrestling and all kinds of different sports. Uh, my wife and I, uh, we got married and I taught for eight years in Bismarck, North Dakota. Friend of ours, uh, she was overseas working. She was in Abu Dhabi in the United Arab Emirates. And she would come home at Christmas holidays and in the summertime, and she would tell us how amazing the international world was. And I was fortunate enough when I was in college to travel to Tokyo, Japan, and tour for about two and a half months up and down the country of Japan on this wrestling cultural exchange program. So that really helped me get that international bug. Uh, my wife and I, we just kind of decided, yeah, let's, let's do it. We had an 18 month old son at the time. We went to a recruiting fair in New York City where we thought we were gonna be the cream of the crop. And we walked in to this huge recruiting fair and uh, everybody looked like us. 
we thought, you know, we had some pretty good resumes for teaching for, you know, a certain number of years. And uh, we didn't get the jobs we thought we were. We thought we were going to get all kinds of these great jobs. And uh, because we had never worked overseas, we had to go and do what they call your hardship year. So you end up in a post where you're not really expected. And we ended up in Santa Cruz, Bolivia. I'll tell you what, Bolivia is a beautiful, beautiful country. I would recommend it to anybody. It's incredible. But it wasn't what we wanted or where we expected to be internationally for very long. So we did two years in Santa Cruz, Bolivia, and then we transitioned to Shanghai American School in Shanghai. We worked there for 11 years, uh, both at Shanghai and at uh, Santa Cruz. I was the athletic and activities director, K-12 position. Uh, and after 11 years there, we decided it was time to transition again. We then moved to Bangkok, where we worked at Ramrudi International School for four years. Again, was the director of activities and athletics there. And then just recently during the COVID outbreak, not a great time to transition schools, by the way, we moved to Amman, Jordan, where we've been here the last few years. Wow, what a, uh, uh, a whirlwind, I guess, of, uh, of, of travel. Um, you, you talked about the, the cultural exchange sports programs and, uh, you know, back when I was in high school, a hundred years ago, um, there seemed to be uh, basketball programs and then there were track and field programs. Uh, I never was able to participate on one, but years later as a coach, uh, some coaches and I were kicking around an idea and long story short, we created uh, a football, American football trip. And uh, we took kids, started out in Oregon and then it went across the country. Uh, we would take high school football players over to England during our spring break. And we toured and we traveled do cultural things. And we would play club teams, university teams in American football. We did that for about 25 years and was really, really cool. I'll run into those players, you know, even now, uh, years later, and they don't talk about the football games. They talk about, Hey, remember when we went to this castle and remember when we, you know, we did this just, uh, you took that a whole other level uh by uh you know moving your whole family we did it you know for one week a year you know yeah this has become your lifestyle well you know one of the things that uh my wife and i and, and friends of ours and i've been fortunate enough to make friends from all over the world you know when i was in school growing up in northern california playing baseball or football or wrestling or whatever it was you know we got on a bus and we drove across the city and we played or we would drive down to Sacramento or we would, you know, if we were really lucky, we'd maybe get on a plane and fly to L.A. for a tournament or something like that. Our kids get on a plane and this is, again, before COVID and hopefully next year we'll be back to the norm. We get on a plane and we travel all over Southeast Asia. Now where we're at, we'll travel all around the Middle East. It's amazing. And the experiences these student athletes have, not just student athletes, but we would send choir groups and orchestra mm -hmm. and forensics teams and all kinds of different organizations, Model United Nations and so on and so forth. The experiences they have, yeah, it's great to compete wins and losses, but when they homestay at these families and they get to know the families and get to know the kids, that's what the true experience is. And having two children, raising two children overseas. I have a son who's just finishing his junior year at University of St. Thomas in St. Paul. Uh, he was a 12-time varsity athlete, you know, big fish in a little pond. So he got to do everything. 
but he doesn't talk about the sports as much as he talks about all the experiences that he was able to have on these cultural trips, these international sports and, and um, school trips. They were amazing. No, absolutely. I, I can understand exactly where you're there. I never made that jump. I had a couple opportunities to to coach and, and do some things, but just I don't know if that was for me. Uh, didn't have the guts. For our listeners, uh, we're visiting with Todd Parham. He's a certified master athletic administrator. And he's the director of activities and athletics at the American Community School of Amman, Jordan. We're going to hear a little bit more about that, but let's take a quick break. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Final Forms for their sponsorship of the Educational AD Podcast. You know, Final Forms is the leader in athletic forms and registration, but Final Forms is more than that. Final Forms is a team, it's technology, and it provides schools with compliance, communication, and risk management solutions. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with things like mobile accessibility, has reminders for parents about policies and physicals and all the forms that go with athletics. Final Forms can also help with team communication and attendance and even certification management for coaches. And for ADs, Final Forms can help with eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. And it does this using secure language translation and it's ADA compliant. To take the next steps with a team that has walked in your shoes, go to finalforms.com forward slash Jake. That's finalforms.com forward slash Jake to get started with the Final Forms team. Welcome back, everyone. We're visiting with Todd Parham. He's the Director of Activities and Athletics at the American Community School of Amman, Jordan. Todd, um, I think we've heard a lot um, about the travel that's involved in the homestays, uh, and we can talk about that later too, but for me, uh, it seems like one of the more interesting aspects of the international school experience would just be the, the culture. So, and I know it's different for each school, but um, what is it, what's the culture like at your school? Is it mostly, because uh, it's called the American school, is it mostly American kids and families? Are there local families? You know, uh, give us a taste of, of what that culture is like at your school. Yeah, thanks, Jake. You know, international schools, there's thousands of them around the world. Uh, and when I tell people back home when I'm home for the summertime or when I'm back for the National uh, AD Conference, people ask, well, what's it like? You know, instantly they think, oh, you're teaching English. Well, no, we're not teaching English. We're an American school and they're not all American schools. Some are British schools, some are the uh, IB diploma schools. We happen to be an AP advanced placement school. And it's an accredited high school, just like you would have in the States. So our students graduate and attend some of the major universities all around the world, not just America. They go to Europe, they go to South America, they go back, a lot of them back to their home countries. And we are a true international school. And our kids who attend this particular school in Amman, Jordan, because Amman is one of the safest places in the Middle East to live. There are, I believe, my son was doing the research the other day, I believe there are 72 different embassies in the city of Amman. So everybody has their embassy in this region here in Amman. You know, they wouldn't have it necessarily in, in Iran or Iraq or in Syria. They're regional 
embassy is here. So what that does is it brings in very diverse culture of kids to our community. We're the American school. We've got, we're known for having the best education here in Amman. And most international schools in their cities, the premier ones, have some of the best international school in the world. And the reason they have the best international uh, education in the world is because they're bringing in top-notch educators from all over the world. They are, they have the best facilities in, in those local schools and, and their resources are there to provide a quality educational experience, not just in the classroom, but outside the classroom, which uh, fortunately I get to be a part of. So we have kids that are coming from all over the world. And it's really fun, especially unlike those MUN days where we have uh, the Parade of Nations all set up and they're all cooking their home country's food and things like that. Um, that I think one of the, the things that I've enjoyed most about the international experience is that I try to be a lifelong learner and I'm always learning from these kids and from their parents about the different countries, about where they come from. It's, it's phenomenal. And the stories that they have and, and uh, the history that they bring with them to the school. And it creates a really, really interesting culture. We do have local Jordanians that attend the school. Um, I couldn't tell you the population. When I was at RES in Bangkok, the school I worked at, we were about 83% local Thai. When I was in Shanghai American School, we did not allow local Chinese to attend our school. Uh, it was against the, the rules and regulations at the time. So we did have some dual passport citizens that attended the school, but most of the school was international there. I believe we're at over 40 different nationalities on our campus here. So it, it's, it's quite amazing. One of the other things that I really enjoy about the cultural diversity is learning that cultural sensitivity for these different cultures. One example, um, in Thailand, you know, I'm American. Somebody comes in the office, you reach out, this is pre-COVID, you reach out to shake their hand, you say hello. Well, even before COVID in Thailand, you don't shake somebody's hand, you why them. And I know that this is a podcast, but I think it's also being recorded. Uh, so the further the why goes up, the more respect it is. And uh, it's just all these wonderful cultural things that not only I learn, but my kids learn. And this is one of the things my wife and I have always valued the most about raising our kids overseas is that our boys don't look at somebody because of the color of their skin or talk about the religion they are, their spirituality or sexuality or any of that. They just see another person because they're constantly inundated with all of these different cultures and, and it's amazing. So I think that's probably the best takeaway for me is that my kids our worldly kids. Yeah, I, I really uh, I love the way you you talked about, uh, you know, that perspective. Um, you know, again, 100 years ago, when I was in high school, um, kind of like you, you know, you'd get on that bus ride, and, and you'd go maybe 30 minutes, it, it, you know, I think our longest ever in high school, I think was maybe a three hour bus ride. Uh, and, you know, you're looking at these people from another school, another town as, you know, foreigners, uh, you know, boy, uh, you know, you, your kids, you know, really have got a, a much better, uh, much more worldly perspective. Very cool. Uh, we're going to take a deeper dive into the sports aspect of uh, Todd's school, but let's take another quick break. Uh, we're visiting with Todd Parham, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and the Director of Activities and Athletics 
at the American Community School in Amman, Jordan. Uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Huddle. Remember at Huddle, we power sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their athletes perform better using video and analytics. Huddles is the complete performance platform. They have online tools, smart cameras like the Huddle Focus. There's always been analytics, but there's so much more. Huddle's built for every level of play, from club and youth teams all the way through high schools and colleges, and even the pros use Huddle to help their teams play at the highest level. You're in pretty good company with over 6 million users, including your student athletes and the coaches of the schools you're trying to get to recruit your kids. You want to find out more about what Huddle can do for you and your program and how your school can become a Huddle school, go to Huddle.com and talk to their professionals. Remember, at Huddle, we power sports. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational Lady Podcast. Our guest is Todd Parham from the American Community School of Amman, Jordan. Todd, one of the th things we like to do is let our guests give a shout out to some of the mentors that they've had in their lives. Uh, you know, none of us get to where we're at on our own. So who are some of the people that helped you along the way uh, in your career? Well, you know, I, I don't know if we have enough time to talk about all of them, but I'll tell you one thing. As the older I get here, and you keep talking about 100 years ago, and uh, I, I feel like that uh, I definitely want to shout out my, my mentors, and there's a special uh, gentleman that I'll, I'll talk about in a second, but I, I feel like I'm becoming a mentor. I keep getting emails and calls and, and people asking me for advice or to be the, you know, the reference and all the questions, and, and all of a sudden I'm like, wait a minute, am I the old guy that's giving advice? It just... It kind of kind of floors you when it happens. Um, you know, I've had a lot of great mentors. I've been very, very fortunate when I moved overseas uh, after we left Santa Cruz and moved to Shanghai. I've been teaching for 10 years, been in education for 10 years. You think it's a long time. You really don't know anything. <laughs> and I was very, very fortunate when I moved to Shanghai American School. I got there at a really, really awesome time because it was just a K through eight program. And we, myself and my wife and a bunch of other teachers were all hired at the same time to build that next thing, the high school part. And I was very fortunate to have a mentor at our sister campus across the small little city of Shanghai, only 23 million people, that I could pick up the phone and I could call Steve Dolman any time of the day and I could ask him a question. He would give me a great answer. I know that I've listened to several of your podcasts and I know that this gentleman has been talked about before on this podcast. He is, uh, is one of the best international ADs I've ever met. And he's one of the nicest people in the world you ever meet. I call him my brother from another mother and hopefully Steve will hear this. Shout out to you, buddy. But along the way, there've been so many other ADs not just ADs who are older and have more experience, but those ADs that are coming at things from a different angle and have an experience that you don't have, those interactions, and that's why I've enjoyed the NIAAA and all of the professional development stuff that I've been able to do throughout the years, because those one-on-one -on -one conversations at a conference, in between breaks, after the conference, when you're having an adult beverage, those are the meaningful times when 
the light bulb goes on because, oh, you had that same experience and they share that advice. People like Jeff Johansson, Charlie Bates, Catherine Tonko on, Sharon Leong, these people that I've worked with, people that I maybe have mentored, Scott Hosick, Scott, uh, Chris Bishop, excuse me, they give me advice, they share their expertise. It's, um, I think, as you know, as ADs, we're always having those connections and those connections are so, so important. But yeah, big shout out to Steve. Yeah, again, running down that list of names, uh, I always love to hear the stories about, uh, about the mentors, you know, very cool. And it's it's cool when you recognize a couple of those names too. It shows you, you know, our athletic director world is, uh, is, is very connected. Um, you mentioned NIAAA. Let's go and talk a little bit about that. We've got uh, younger ADs uh, in their career and even older ones like me uh, that are listening. And I think it's important to talk about the journey that we go through with our, our here locally, our state associations, uh, and as well as the NIAAA as far as certification. So talk a little bit about that. How did you first become aware of NIAAA and you know, maybe even talk about your CMAA project? Yeah, uh, you know, back in 2007, um, the school I was at, again, Shanghai American School at the time, we were a member of IRCOST, East Asia Regional Council of Overseas Schools. There's 200 some schools that are a member of this. They have a teacher workshop conference in the springtime and in the fall they have a IRCOST leadership conference. Us as ADs, never we never really fit in with the teacher conference. We didn't necessarily fit in with the administration conference although that's where we ended up, our path. Uh, and the, the head of IRCOS at the time, uh, Dr. K, Dick Kreitzer, um, was really, really good to us. And he gave us an avenue, a platform to have our AD Institute. And that's where we started building our professional development. We would do workshops for each other. We would have AD uh, roundtable, you know, Java-like sort of uh, sessions. It started out in 2007. Steve Dolman and I was talking about, he and Bob Connor were the first ones to, to run this. And throughout the years, it started to snowball. In 2014, in Kota Kinabalu, Malaysia, Don Bales came and started doing the NIAAA. He did 501, 502, 503, 504, and people were actually able to sit the CAA exam right there in Kota Kinabalu. Uh, that was my first real experience with the NIAAA. And I was hooked. I was hooked from that moment, like this is great stuff. While it didn't all necessarily apply to international ADs, it was important. It was another avenue to have that professional development. My, I wasn't a part of it, but some colleagues that I know and other people I've got to know since, people that you know quite well, people like Nick DeForest and Matt Fleming and, and those original founders, those guys Chris Mott, Chris Bishop, um, Jason Cubbard, a bunch of these guys who were a part of writing those original 900 level courses for the CIAA, right? The Certified International Administ Athletic Administrator. So that kind of snowballed into that. And we were very fortunate as well to bring back to Earcoast after Don was there, we were able to bring Sherry Stiles out. She came out, he did some 700 level courses. We were able to bring Doug Kilgore out. He did another whole round of the 500s and did some 600 level courses. We couldn't keep Doug away. He wanted to come back again. So like two years later in, in 2019, he came back. But by 2018, we realized that we needed to start teaching these courses ourselves. 
So a handful of us, uh, again, I mentioned them, Sharon, Kathy, Scott, myself, a couple of others, we had taken all the necessarily coursework through the NIAAA at the national conference, and we started teaching courses to our colleagues internationally, much like you guys do with the local and the state organizations. So that's been kind of our journey. Uh, again, I, I've really enjoyed the national conference. I think I attended the very first one in Nashville, my first one in 2016, and I've attended every one since. Uh, it's a nice break for us. It works really well because our Christmas holiday obviously starts, and it, so it's, it's a nice time for us to get there. Um, with that, we've now written, um, I've co-authored along with 15 other people, uh, LTI 910. It's kind of like the 710A and 710B. There are six sections to it, and we're hoping to uh, pilot this, uh, that this summer and be able to present it at Nashville um, for the national conference. So. Yeah, really excited about my, my work with NIAAA. I finished up my CMAA uh, about a year ago now. That was a wonderful journey. I didn't know what I was gonna do it on for so many years. And those ADs out there, my little advice to you, don't get stuck on the project part. Just find something you're passionate about. And it doesn't have to be something that you're going to do. It can be something that you've already done. You just need to do the project around that. Uh, I was able to attend a workshop virtually during that conference in 2020 uh, because of COVID, we weren't able to do it, right? Uh, and it was all about picking the right project for your CMAA. And that finally the light bulb went off and I was able to do it. So it was about building school spirit through sports and uh, really proud of that project. It was, it was fun to put together. Now, on the project part, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, as a longtime member of uh, NIAAA's certification uh, committee with Sherry Stice, um, you know, that's one of the foundational things that we try to preach is you're already doing something as an AD that would make a great CMA project. Don't try to find, you know, this, uh, you, know, uh, you know, secret uh, project or perfect project. You're already doing something and just tell the story about that. And uh uh, again, you mentioned a few names there of, uh, of visiting faculty. If, if you're looking for someone to present at a future conference, I, I can think of a, a retired AD uh, who's now a podcast host that uh, would love to come over. Uh, speaking of new courses, uh, Doug Kilgore and Catherine Tankon and myself, along with some others, uh, helped author the new 716 uh, course, Partnering with Parents. So if you're looking to offer that at one of your future conferences, I, again, I can uh, recommend somebody that uh, could help present that. Well, you know, that's awesome, Jake. I, I did attend that first program or first uh, LTI this last year in Denver. And you guys, that was amazing. But now that I've attended it, I can present it. I'm just kidding. I, I'd love to have you come out, you and Kathy come out, and even Doug. Otay, no, not Doug. No, me and Kathy, yeah. <laughs> Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right, Doug. Uh, I know Doug is uh, Doug just had uh, you know knee surgery on there, so hopefully he can listen to this in in his recovery. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for our listeners, uh, we're visiting with Todd Parham. He's a certified master athletic administrator, and he's the director of activities and athletics at the American Community School in Amman, Jordan. We're going to take another quick break, but we'll be back with some more. Please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. 
We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive for their support of the podcast. You know, it's becoming harder and harder to fund an athletic department, but Sideline Interactive's indoor scoring tables and video boards can generate $10,000 or more every year and also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. Go to sidelineinteractive.com or you can call them at 832-786-0302 to schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com and see what these fantastic products can do for you. That's sales at sidelineinteractive.com. Welcome back, everyone. Again, we're visiting with Todd Parham from the American Community School of uh, Amman, Jordan. Todd, one of the things we like to do with the podcast is this idea of sharing best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. You know, what are some things that you do at your school that you're really proud of that uh, when you take a, a step back, you can say with equal parts, you know, pride and humility, uh, boy, we really do a great job with this. Uh, do you have any best practices you can share? Yeah, I think one of the things that I'm, I'm most proud of are the um, high school leadership groups that we were able to create at the, the last three schools I've been at. Um, at this particular school, it's been difficult because the first full year I was here it was all COVID lockdown. You know, there wasn't very much anything going on. And then this year, it's been a slow transition back to some sort of normalcy uh, with COVID restrictions here in the country. And uh, we're, we're hopefully, knock on wood, coming out of it and we'll, we'll be back to all the international travel and stuff next year. But one of the things that I'm most proud of is those leadership teams. At uh, SAS, we called it the Activities Council. At RES, it was the Athletic Leadership Club. Here, it's the Scorpion Spirit Squad. Whatever we call it, this group of student athletes, uh, and it's not just athletes, but it's predominantly around athletics, their, their focus is to build school spirit through athletics. And we, we support other things like here, uh, Scorpion Spirit Squad is gonna be focusing on our score, uh, Coachella, but we call it Scorchella, where we've got uh, seven rock bands from high school that are gonna be a part of that and our Scorpion Idol. We're down to the five finalists for our Scorpion Idol. So we're doing all the publicity and we've got the food trucks coming and we're setting up the, the, the the stalls for people to sell their wares and all that sort of stuff. So this group supports activities and sports here at the school. And one of the best things that they do is the, we called it the Friday night lights at other schools. Here it's the Thursday night lights because we go Sunday through Thursday because Friday is the uh, religious, religious day. So this is one of those cultural things I was telling you about that my, myself and my family and that we've learned living overseas. And these Friday night lights or Thursday night lights, unlike the States, we don't traditionally have a lot of spectators and parents and community people that come and watch our kids. We could run a basketball game, varsity boys basketball game, and there may be 15 people in the stands and there are more kids sitting on the bench and coaches than people watching the game. That's not good for anybody. I mean, kids are working hard as they do in the States. They deserve to have spectators. So these organizations, these groups that I'm talking about, we promote it. We try all kinds of different stuff to get kids to stay after school, to get community members to come back, come from work, to stay after school and watch these games and support these 
athletics. We do that by having halftime competitions. We do that by bringing in food trucks that, that don't normally get to come on campus and it's something fun and exciting. We have, um, we have the mascot out, greeting kids as they get off the school bus in the morning. We have um, sign making and face painting. We have all kinds of different stuff designed to promote. We get the boosters, the parent organization, to have snack bars. Now, these seem like pretty regular things in the States. Like, it's a normal thing. You open up the snack bar and it's there. That doesn't necessarily happen at international schools. So I'm really proud of that, of our kids trying to create that culture of sport and spirit based around sports and activities. Uh, and that's something that I can step back after my 11 years at Shanghai and say, wow, that, that really actually worked. And wow, that really worked at RES because we're talking about my MCAA earlier. That's what my project was on, was my four years of trying to develop school spirit through athletics at RES. And I'm hoping by the time I leave ACS that we'll be able to do that same thing here. Yeah, those... Uh student activities, student leadership projects, uh, student spirit, they're, they're just, they're so cool because they really speak to the life of the school and the program. Really neat stuff. Todd, if we'll do this again at the end of the interview, but if one of our listeners wanted to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, uh, you know, find out some more about how you do things at your school, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Uh, you know, I'll, I'll share with them my email address after the next break. That's usually the easiest way to reach out. Uh, and I'm happy to share anything that we've done here. And if you've got some ideas for me, I'm, I'm happy to take them as well. Okay, very cool. And I'm going to guess your information is in the uh, NIAAA portal as well. Okay. Yes, it's all on the NIAAA portal. Yeah. For our listeners, again, we're visiting with Todd Parham. He's a certified master athletic administrator the Director of Activities and Athletics at the American Community School of Amman, Jordan. Let's take another quick break, but we'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We also want to say thank you to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. They've got a variety of interactive touchscreen consoles, and an entire library of templates to help recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments and go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. You can also call them at 614-981-3589 or send them an email to sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. That's sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. We're visiting with Todd Parham from the American Community School in Amman, Jordan. Todd, one of our original uh, podcast questions uh, asked, how can an athletic director do a better job of being socially aware for their stakeholders for their students uh you're probably in a, a unique position to uh to address this question so um how can an athletic director uh do a better job of being socially aware for their students well you know here in the international community and, and i've been fortunate enough to to live and work in four different very different cultures from South America to Southeast Asia and now the Middle East uh and, and all of them have different cultural norms um, you know, 
I could talk about the things that are very important in the US right now, and, and, and they are, and I don't mean to minimize that, but I wanna focus on like the international, where, where we're currently at. And one of the things that I try to do, and I try to make sure that my coaches do, especially new coaches as they come to the school, is that we understand, and most of the time during our orientation process here in international schools, there is a segment of the orientation process that talks about cultural sensitivity for your area where you're at. Some of the things range from um, hand gestures. Obviously, there are vulgar hand gestures that we can never do, but things that we would take for granted in the States, like waving for somebody to, to come here. You don't wave internationally with your fingers up, like, come here. It's inappropriate. You wave with your fingers down. Uh, never would have thought of that. You know, things like um, here in the Middle East on uh, Friday is the main religious day. Like for Christianity, it's on Sunday. For this part of the world, it's on Friday. So our school day is Sunday through Thursday. And if we're going to run a tournament on Friday, we can't have that tournament during the major prayer time. So it's, it's one of those cultures, and I learned that the tough way. My first tournament here I hosted, I scheduled it from this time to this time, and I sent it off to the other ADs in the local league, and they wrote back and said, nobody's going to be there. Like, what do you mean? And they said, well, this is prayer time, and you have to respect that, you know, the officials and the coaches and a lot of the players and a lot of the parents and spectators are going to be at prayer. So it's, it's those sort of things that I've really enjoyed about living overseas is learning the different cultural things. Um, some other examples, we talked about earlier about the shaking hands versus uh, giving a why in, in Thailand. Um, it, it's wonderful stuff. It's again, it's one of the, the best parts about being overseas. So my recommendation, if you move overseas or even just traveling overseas, do a little research, learn about what is culturally sensitive and what is taboo to do in those cultures. No, I mean, great lessons, you know, always being, you know, re respectful of, uh, you know, when you visit somebody's gym, you know, uh, uh, and you know, just spot on information. Um, our listeners obviously can't see this, uh, you know, when you're watching this later on YouTube, uh, but uh, in Todd's office, Todd, you got a couple sports items on your wall behind you. I, I recognize the tennis racket, but uh, uh, give a quick uh, explanation. Uh, what are those objects? <laughs> so I started collecting many years ago, just odd sports memorabilia. And I had a good friend of mine, Brendan Breen at the time, his name's actually on this. This is a hurling stick. It's an Irish sport. Um, YouTube that it is incredibly violent and uh, this is a hurling stick uh, this other one up here this is I can give you 100 guesses you probably never guess it it's an Australian sport it's underwater hockey stick and this is a handmade homemade underwater hockey stick it's a real thing again YouTube that uh, I've got over here you know I got pickleball paddle old old golf club my softball bat I was hoping that we'd have some softball here when I moved here but uh yeah, it's just one of those things I've been collecting. All right. Um, thanks for sharing that. Underwater hockey. Okay, that, that makes me think of a, a trivia question. But uh, um, you, we're, you and I were talking during the break. Um, do you have uh, American football over there? Um, we, we don't. 
we don't here at the school, uh, but there, there is apparently, and I haven't found it yet, there is a field outside of town on the way to the International Airport where there is an organization that runs football. We do have Little League here, uh, lots of basketball, lots of football, uh, soccer for you Americans. Uh, the, we have the traditional sports, but uh, yeah, American football, it's pretty, pretty non-existent overseas, with the exception of a, a few schools that compete against the Department of Defense schools, against the Dodd schools. Uh, very few have American football. Okay. Well, I, I'll, I'll go ahead and ask. I mean, I guess growing up in Placerville, you, you're probably a 49ers fan? Absolutely. Oh, wait, wait, oh, here's my tape dispenser. Okay, my... there you go. He's holding up a 49ers Ab helmet there. Ab absolutely. I, I grew up in the era, not to date myself, but uh, when Joe Montana started with the 49ers. So uh, I, I went from they weren't very good to the best and uh, so, yes, you're, you're, you're a few years younger than me. I, I grew up when uh, John Brody was the, uh, the, the quarterback, um, actually a hundred, again, I say a hundred years ago, maybe it was 90 years ago. Um, as a young coach, uh, out in San Jose, California, we actually played our high school team. We played a game in Kizar stadium. Uh, that was, that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow, uh, again, we reminisce here. We're, we're getting sidetracked. Um, Todd, this has been really cool uh, getting to know you a little bit and finding out more about your school, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with the Athletic Director's Toolbox segment, which is sponsored by Athletic Surveys. We're going to take a quick break and hear from Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. And when we come back, uh, we're going to find out what Todd Parham is going to put in his athletic director's toolbox. Uh, please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack for sponsoring the AD Toolbox segment. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire athletic program. Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack also connects you to the 95% of the parents and the student athletes who really love your program, and it gives them a voice to help demonstrate the importance that a positive athletic experience has for them. Go to athleticsurveys.com and check out their testimonials, and then give them a call at 1-800-738-6466, or you can email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to get started you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the folks at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We have been visiting with Todd Parham, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and the Director of Activities and Athletics at the American Community School of Amman, Jordan. And now uh, I'm going to challenge Todd to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job, but I'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. So Todd, what three items are going to go into your athletic director toolbox? Well, you know, for a very brand new first time AD, I think one of the things that you need to always remember, and even those of us that have been doing this job for a long, long time, is to listen to your parents. When you have parents that are upset, 
you need to listen to them. Your parents are your biggest advocates. Have your parent community on your side. I made a mistake early on in my career and I went against my parent organization and I still believe I was right, but I was wrong for what I did and I paid for it. Have your parents on your side. And anytime there's any conflicts with your parents and they feel that they've been wrong somehow or whatever the issue is, invite them to come in, have an open door policy and sit and listen and truly listen. If they can get it off their chest, they're gonna feel so much better. That's for the new AD. Um, also for the new AD is to try to be as flexible as you can in what you're doing. If you are set in the way you wanna do something, you're going to have a lot of issues throughout that journey. You have to be flexible when you are trying to develop program, when you're trying to implement things. I'm not saying be flexible for the game time start or when you need to have the buses there. Because as ADs, we do two different things. We're managers and we're leaders. You need to be flexible as a leader. As a manager, you have to be specific about things. Uh, and, and the last one, this is something that I've just recently taken in and learned is every school has different resource levels. I was at a school prior that had, it seemed like unlimited resources. Um, you know, other schools don't have as much resource. So you have to be flexible in, what you, in how you do that. We have a lot of kids at this school currently because we created the post-COVID sports program this year anyways, to be very fun oriented. We weren't gonna have international travel. We weren't gonna have a lot of local competitions. So it was about allowing as many kids the opportunity to participate as possible. By doing so, I set myself up for, oh, I don't have enough coaches. I don't have enough facilities. So I had to be flexible in my scheduling. I also had to be very creative about coaches. So what I did is I hired student athlete, high school student athletes to coach lower elementary or lower middle school and elementary teams. Still had an adult supervisor there. Maybe one adult supervisor could run three middle school boys basketball. They were there supervising, but the high school varsity seniors were coaching it. That was amazing. I kitted them up with some, some of the swag. They felt really, really great about having the same coaches swag. And I tell you what, they became better basketball players after coaching the young kids. So it's a win-win for your program. They become better athletes because they've coached it, because they've taught it. So that would be my three. Get high school student athletes to coach some of your younger teams. Listen to your parents, listen to your parents, listen to your parents, and then be flexible. You know, I, I too, um, you know, talk about the importance of listening. And just like you, it was one of those um, tools that I learned how to use way too late in my career. Um, <laughs> you know, so very important. And again, the, the student coaches, uh, one of the best experiences um, that I re remember as an AD, and it wasn't my idea, our, our head coach came up with it, was to use his varsity basketball players as the coaches for a, um, a fifth and sixth grade uh, basketball team that we had at our school. Uh, they met two days a week. They did it before practice. The kids loved it. The parents loved it. And those basketball players really enjoyed that opportunity to, to pass on those skills. You know, very cool stuff. Great suggestions and great tools that are going to go into our uh, toolbox book. 
Todd, once again, if, if one of our listeners wants to reach out and pick your brain a little bit, how can they get in touch with you? Uh, Email is the best. Like you said, it's on the portal for the NIAAA, but it is T-O-P-A-R-H-A-M at acsaman.edu.jo. Uh, again, Todd Parham, Certified Master Athletic Administrator and the Director of Activities and Athletics at the American Community School of Amman, Jordan. Thanks so much for being on the podcast today and all the best uh, moving forward. Thanks, Jake. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on and uh, look forward to seeing you uh, this winter in Nashville. Uh, absolutely. National Conference is coming back to Nashville. And uh, again, I look forward to seeing you at your next uh, athletic director event when I come over as one of your uh, guest speakers. <laughs> Will do. Sounds good. For our listeners, uh, the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews are being uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. We appreciate you listening today. Come back again just about every day for new content on the Educational AD Podcast. And before we go, we want to thank Hometown Ticketing for their support. Hometown Ticketing is the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. You can find out more about what Hometown Ticketing can do for you and your school by going to hometownticketing.com and talk to their experts. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks again for listening to the Educational AD Podcast. Uh, don't forget Dan Como's book, The Athletic Director's Mentoring Minute, is now available on Amazon. So check it out. And uh, heads up, the second edition of The Athletic Director's Toolbox will be coming out probably the uh, first or second week of July. So the second set of 150 interviews from our podcast will be in book form. That's the Athletic Director's Toolbox, second edition, coming out uh, first or second week of July. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.